This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. We're not even comparing apples and oranges. It's like apples and like a door. And Willis. It's not the 70s where there's like 100 million set aside for Coke or something like that. But sure. Like, join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. We are nearing the end of the year, dear listener. Believe it or not. Um, it's December. It is December. This is now the first week in December. This is just depressing me, but it is what it is. We have some stuff that we need to talk about because Mr. Dave Filoni has taken over a creative direction at Lucasfilm, which is yes. a big step for my man. Uh, and we need to talk a little bit about that. We also want to go over the run of the Marvels and where it's landed at its box office because it will be out of theaters soon. And then we want to have maybe a little bigger conversation about where those types of movies might be landing in the future. And then uh, expensive TV shows. We've talked Rings of Power. We've talked Citadel. There are some really expensive TV shows. And these shows typically aren't the greatest. And yet, they're all coming back for season two. And we kind of want to dissect why that might be happening and if it should be happening in the first place. Yes. Uh, a lot to talk about there. But before we do any of that, I do want to go over the weekly releases. Uh, like I said, we're coming to the end of the year, so there's not a whole lot that we have to talk about here. But for theaters, we do have Miyazaki's newest film, The Boy and the Heron, going wide on the 8th, which I'm extremely excited about. It is doing an IMAX run, so that's really, really cool. Um, yeah. It's a Miyazaki film. What can we I mean, like, I'm going to yep. see it. <laughs> I'm not yep. going to not see it. Um, that's what's coming to theaters for streaming for shows. We have Murder in Boston, Colin Roots, Rampage, and Reckoning hitting HBO on the 4th. We have My Life with the Walter Boys hitting Netflix on the 7th. And for movies, we have We Live Here, the Midwest, uh, hitting Hulu on the 6th. We have Leave the World Behind, the new Sam Esmail film hitting Netflix on the 8th, which I'm extremely excited that for. looks like it's going to be big, yeah. Yeah, and then we have Fast Charlie hitting Roku on the 8th. There may be other things out there. It's tough to tell right now because things are shifting, but that's what I have for you today. And without further ado, let's talk about Mr. Dave Filoni. So Dave Filoni is a name that we have brought up a couple times here on the podcast. If you don't know, uh, Dave Filoni cut his teeth working with George Lucas really early in his career. Not early in Lucas's career, but early in Dave's hmm. career in the early 2000s, late 90s. And then kind of became a creative lead on a lot of the animated shows. You know, the Clone Wars yes. show, Rebels. He's kind of the mastermind behind why a lot of that stuff worked. A lot of that stuff, I have no basis for i didn't watch a lot yeah. of it um it was happening just after i was old enough to really care about that stuff i know that's not i mean there, there are adults who love that show so i'm not gonna besmirch yeah. anyone here but i just didn't have that kind of relationship with him and his work until recently when he started to do stuff like the mandalorian and yes. all the disney plus shows which have been yes. wildly i mixed hesitate bag. to say yeah mixed bag but they've been huge you know it's yes. it's, it's pushed him to the forefront and now he has been i guess promoted to mm -hmm. creative director at lucasfilm which yes. is huge or creative lead i can't chief remember chief creative officer yeah, yeah there we go chief creative officer. cco so that's pretty crazy <laughs> so working close with like kathleen kennedy and uh carrie beck who have been 
running the game for pretty much, I think, since the prequels. Yeah. Um, you yes. Know, at least Kathleen Kennedy. Um, yeah. yeah. So we've always known we're going to get a lot more Star Wars. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, Fellini? Filoni? I feel like it's Filoni. I keep saying Fellini. You say Fellini and it's because, not Fellini. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't really want to draw that comparison. but uh, different, different guy, yeah. Yes. Uh, where, what do you think is about this? Well, it's interesting because this seems like he's going to be taking over kind of a Kevin Feige role at Lucasfilm where he will yeah. be the arbiter of everything that's going on. My take on Filoni is this. I think he is a massive fan of Star Wars, and I think he knows Star Wars deeply. I don't think that his track record gives me all that much hope for what's to come, only because it seems like he feels beholden to the old story structure, which is the Skywalker saga. Everything has to be nailed back into that kind of older story. If we can break out of that and we can let him kind of cook again i didn't see ahsoka so i'm, I'm going I'm, this is that was his his show like that was mm-hmm. his show and i know that you talked about it and you liked it a bit um so i think that a this bit. is probably a step in the right direction because someone needs to be steering the ship we saw the sequels yes. and they're not good they're, they're not bad but they're not star wars like it's just whatever the hell is going on there yeah but other than that i don't you know yeah <laughs> i don't think you're wrong i think the the Star Wars universe is in desperate need of a Kevin Feige-esque uh, role. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail right on the head. I think his beholdenism, which is not a word, but it I've just used it anyway, uh, to like the old stories and to the, sh- the animated shows and things like that is, I guess I'll say not the best. Yeah. So if we're talking about the TV shows that have come out so far, we have The Mandalorian, we have Boba, Book of Boba Fett, uh, we have Kenobi. Obi-Wan, or Kenobi, yep, and um, and Ahsoka. That was it, right? I believe Not counting, it, like, yeah. the, um, like, the there's Bad a couple Batch new and, Bad Batch and yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Mandalorian is a massive hit. I don't terribly like where Mandalorian is going. It's no. gotten away from what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kenobi was good, fun, you know, yeah. fan service, which is, you know, all it was ever going to be. Yep. Um, Boba Fett, I feel like, was just Robert Rodriguez going, I want to make a Boba Fett show. And then and they're he like, did. Okay. He sure um, did. And then I think Ahsoka is kind of, it was like, like you said, was his. Oh, and Andor was the other one in there. Oh, that's right. Andor. It yeah. feels so different from those shows. It that- does. And I think that's worth noting because uh, who who's the guy did andor um uh dan gilroy tony gilroy tony tony gilroy yeah who i think we've said several times in the podcast was like i don't care about star wars i'm just telling my story yeah i'm doing a sick Um, show yeah (laughs) which is like that's the flip yeah you know that's the question here um yeah and you know i've i've talked about ahsoka on the show before but like so so beholden to the previous content. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on with so much of it. Cause I'm like, I've never watched those cartoons. Right. And like, you know, I hear myself being a casual MCU viewer, you know, when I say things like that, where it's like, Oh, I can't keep up with all of the history. I don't know. It's not that great. You know? Right. Um, 
But like, I don't think that's the direction that Star Wars needs to go. I'm yeah. all for like expanding the canon, you know, and like giving us more of the universe. But like, let's, you know, we got to get beyond like seven degrees of Skywalker. You yes. Know? Like, because that's what it, like it all is. It's like it all ties back to the movies. Right. Um, yeah. And I just don't think that's where we're going as like a viewership. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You know, there were parts of Ahsoka that were really interesting. Like uh, Ray Stevenson's character was like enthralling and all that. And I'm like, I want more of that. But like, right. I care less about like the lineage of master and apprentice down from, you know, Hayden Christensen down through Ahsoka down through, um, uh, what's her name there? Um, Sabine. Sabine. Oh Ren. yeah. Sabine. Yeah. 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 Who yeah. is like a Jedi, but also a Mandalorian. And you're like, okay. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Sure. You know? Yeah. So I saw this news and I was kind of like, I don't know if that's the direction we need to be going. Yeah. I wish we were getting, I honestly, like, I wish we were getting someone that I felt was less beholden to what's been created. I mean, you look at like James Gunn taking yes. over DC and you're like, he's going to throw everything out and mm-hmm. bring us something new, Yeah, which is what I want as opposed to this stuff where it's like. Okay, like it's cool to see Hayden Christensen back as Anakin Skywalker and all that kind of stuff, but like only so much. Yeah, how cool is it really? Yeah. Yeah, and you just did a different show where he came back, like where we got new Vader content and like. Yeah. I don't know. And it's it's just um, it's disconnected. And I feel like there's just too much baggage around it that I'm like, just be like, hey. Uh, you don't need to know anything about any of those shows. If you know the the movies, cool. Yeah, if you know what Star we'll Wars is, here's yeah. it, which is what Andor is. Like, and that's like I mm-hmm. keep coming back to this point because when you said when we said Andor, it's like, oh wait a minute, yes, because it doesn't feel like it's part of this bigger machine. And I think when it comes to Star Wars, there's two things. One, the fans don't know what they want. They don't. They have no idea. Like when you listen to yeah. hardcore Star Wars fans, they're like, "Give me the the prequels, but give them to me again." And I'm like, "You have to understand that there's problems there." I like the sequel, the prequels. Like they're not great movies, but they're good Star Wars to me. It is what it is. Yeah. But like, we need to be able to expand this out. And so far, what we've been able to do is actually not expand anything. We've gone micro and gone into like the in-between minutes of certain movies and being like, well, no, Kenobi's actually here. And I know we've said this before on the pod, but Star Wars is was not made to be interrogated like this. Like it was made by a guy who had a good idea. And now that we're picking through the fine details, you realize, wait a minute, when you start writing the Kenobi show, you go, hold on. We can't actually do any of this because he can't. What what's happened here is we have we can't do any of this because he has yeah. to be in this one spot, and so I think with Dave Filoni, he's going to try and get to fan servicey, which he already has done, and that just kind of worries yeah. me a little bit. Someone needs to be in the captain's chair. He was the obvious choice, I guess, but. Yeah. 
I feel like it doesn't give me tons of hope. Well, and it's it's not a fit for anyone else. You know what I mean? Like right. the other names at play here, like you talk about Robert Rodriguez or you talk about Favreau, um, maybe Favreau or something like that. Like he doesn't want that. Yeah, they're doing other stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're too. I mean, it was great when John Favreau came in and like brought his nerd brand name to Star Wars. Yeah, you know? cool. Um, but like, just I think back to the first couple seasons of The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. where it was like. The really the only through line was that the empire existed and the force exists. Right. And this guy looks you like know. Django Fett did. <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah. It. And there's like this weird religion that we don't know much about. Um, yeah. You know, Mandalorians and like, or I don't know, religion. Yeah. Kind of. I yeah. Guess. Belief system. Um, yeah. Belief system. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was just like this guy just wandering around trying to make it in the universe and now it's like the la- latest season was like the retaking of Mandalore and Bo-Katan and you know yeah. training with Luke Sky. that was a previous season I guess but like training still- with Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. and Ahsoka and you know all of these things with like the Darksaber and like all of this niche canon that I just don't want yeah and I think, you know, if this stuff was all coming out a decade ago, people would be losing their mind. If this was coming, if this was oh, ramping dude. up in the same trajectory as like the original MCU when it was all of us getting that first taste of like what fan service can really be. Right. Oh, man. It would be great. But now we're all kind of like, <sighs> we're burnt okay. out. Yeah. Like, this doesn't tell anything to the story. Like, you know, you're bending over backwards for these characters. Like, there's the whole thing with Ezra in. Ashoka where it's like I don't know who this guy is and everyone loses their mind when he shows up and I guess he's like a force user I think Um, he's in Rebels maybe yeah I don't know but it's like everyone's like freaking out and I'm like you know I saw article after article is like the actor who played him like on his big reveal and what it means to be part of the franchise and I'm like I don't know who you are dude this this is like interviewing a like an extra (laughs) but um yeah so I don't know. I like f- fan service isn't the way to go. And maybe Filoni will do that. We'll go in a different direction and like expand us out. You know, maybe he's going in with this yeah. thought of let's get away from the Skywalker saga. Yeah. Because like Andor and Rogue One and, right. you know, all these ones that aren't tied to it are. They're great. Hitting better. I feel like. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, it's something similar that the MCU is facing where this stuff used to be niche, like comic book stuff, Mm -hmm. sci-fi stuff, Star Wars. Like it was popular, but it was like when you get into the nitty gritty, that's the niche part of the thing where like a very specific group of people like this thing. And now that they're trying to make it broad, I just don't know that it works like that. I just don't know that you can make something that is so rich and so deep with lore, make it into yeah. something that can go on Disney plus and be up against something like WandaVision, like something where you're just like uh, 4 million people watched it on opening night. Yeah. I totally understood. It. It's like, I don't think that these things work like that anymore. And I don't think they really should. Like Andor was watched by almost no one. And it was the best thing they had put out since, you know, 
yeah, yeah. It's probably Empire Strikes Back. Like, let's be honest. Like, it's the best thing that they put out in 40 years. But yeah, nobody really saw it or knew about it or cared. And with Ahsoka, I'm super hesitant to watch it because I'm like, if I'm not going to get any of this shit, it, but it's really trying to make me get it. Yeah. I don't think that it, like, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know that and this stuff is made like that. <laughs> I see, like, the YouTubers that are, like, deep in the star Wars lore and have read every book and played every game and like yeah. watched every episode of every show and they're flipping out about it. And I'm like, good on you. Great. But like, I don't think that's like that. That's the niche part. That's the niche yes. viewer that isn't going to make this appeal on a higher level and get you the numbers. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're talking about getting like people to watch this, it yeah. has to be accessible and you're just diving deeper and making it more inaccessible not that he's done anything since he's been promoted but like you know but but still i mean he's promoted like a week ago but still like it's 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 something to take note of um and really speaking about everything that you just said literally (laughs) yeah let's just hop over to another disney property um the mcu and more specifically uh the marvels which uh opened not all that long ago and yes. is now about to conclude its theatrical run within the next week or so with some pretty bad numbers. And I think that we knew that this is kind of the way this was going to go from Jump mm-hmm. Street. Like, I don't think that anyone had any inkling that this movie was going to be the next Endgame or anything like that. I didn't quite know that it was going to do this poorly, but there's a lot of factors as to why that happened. Mm-hmm. And I'll just give you the numbers straight up here as of right now now being monday december 4th the day we were recording yeah. uh, it has made 197 million dollars worldwide with an 80 million dollar domestic showing um that's not Bad. good <laughs> that's yeah. not only not good that's the worst performing mcu movie in history behind the first Captain America movie, which pulled in 370 million worldwide and the incredible Hulk, the Norton Hulk, which pulled in $264 million worldwide. Yeah. And we're also a decade and a half ago. Yes. Like, um, and, and cap one and, and the Hulk, those were like the beginning stages of, of the yeah. MCU. Cap one was a world war two period piece. Exactly. And the incredible Hulk yeah. was the second Hulk movie <laughs> yeah. in, you know, the, the span of a decade. So this is not good. I mean, it opened to $46 million domestic, making it the worst opening in MCU history. I don't want to harp on this, but I, I want to essentially say that, like, this movie is not as bad as this makes it seem like it is. Like, that's... The point is that this movie was dead on arrival. Like, yeah. no matter what. And it's not because it was made by a woman or, or centered female leads, although that is part of the problem because this is nerd culture. And let's be honest, there's a lot of incels in nerd culture... But it's yeah. just the fact that we've hit the the we've hit the breaking point of fatigue for this kind of movie. And you know, I got on here and tuned in and talked about it and was essentially like, listen, this is not terrible, but holy shit, is it not different? Like it's the yeah. same shit that we've seen for the past fifteen years, you know? Well, and that's the thing, is I feel like I mean, there's so many angles to approach this from, but one of them is this is the fourth or fifth bomb of a superhero movie that we've gotten in a row. Yeah. You know, I wonder how this does if it's dropping, you know, 2019. Right. You know what I mean? Where we were still up there. Like, I don't think 
I'll put it this way. I feel like the bombness of this movie. Yeah. Um, bomb in a negative term. Yeah. You know, not how. <laughs> not how, the bomb. Yeah. Not how bomb it is. Um, <laughs> has so much to do with the timing and less to do with the movie. Yes. Because there's so much baggage coming into this and there's not a lot. And again, I say this having not seen it, but like there's not a lot that sets it apart which sounds like what's your, what you're saying. And totally. if it's just another one in the line, like why am I getting excited for it? Yep. You know? Yeah. Um, still going to watch it. And that's the thing. It, this did not have a, it did, this did not have a budget that was quite as big as a lot of these other movies did. Although I know that of course it had massive yeah. amounts of reshoots, but it is, coming out post strike it is coming out Mm -hmm. still post covid it is still coming out like there are so many factors going into this and then it's the the effect that we're done like when i went and saw this opening night the theater wasn't even half full like it wasn't even close yeah in in like the biggest theater i could find it's like it's not even it's it's we've officially hit the point where no matter what happens there's always going to be an asterisk because i think even guardians of the galaxy 3 I think that had an uptick as time went. Same with uh, Across the Spider-Verse. Like, the good superhero movies yeah. last because they're good. And they don't have good opening showings, but they grow. Flash opened not super strong and just absolutely tanked. Cratered. Shazam yeah. opened same way and just absolutely tanked. And so, if the movie isn't special enough, and I'm curious for next year, I mean, because we've got the Batman 2 coming. We've got mm-hmm. a bunch of Joker 2. There's a bunch of, like... Mm-hmm of those higher caliber movies coming. And I'm just like, I don't know what to even suggest for these studios to do anymore, especially yeah. for Disney. I'm like, I don't like, do you keep going back to the yeah. the same? Well, like, like are, you, are we really building all the way? Like it, we're still it doing seems this. almost <laughs> seems wild that they're going to keep going until 2031. And we get to get into like Kang dynasty and secret yeah. wars and all that kind of stuff. Like that's, that's a long road. And the directors are swapping left and right. Like Destin Crutton yeah. is out for director. Sam Raimi might come back to direct Kang Dynasty. And I'm too. just like, yeah. what are we doing? Like, yeah. what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> Let me ask you this question because yeah. I see all the time conversations about what's the next billion dollar movie. You know, is Marvel's going to hit a billion dollars? Is Joker 2 going to hit a billion dollars? Is... Kang Dynasty going to hit it but like do you think we are in a place where we can still do that for superhero movies specifically for whatever like can, can Godzilla X Kong break a billion you know like are, are there properties that is Dune can Dune 2 break a billion I don't think so I don't think unless it's something that has such an insane cultural footprint, something like Barbie, something like Super mm-hmm. Mario Bros, that is not connected to something that has any level of baggage. Like Mario, what baggage does Mario have? It's like, it's fucking yeah. Mario. Barbie, again, what baggage? There's no baggage there. If you have anything, Dune, because Dune 1 is so great, sure, but it is also heavy, heavy sci-fi. Um, yeah. Anything that has any level of baggage, I just don't think it'll ever come close. No fast yeah. movie, no 
DC yeah, movie, the only thing I Star can Wars come movie. up against is um, the last Spider Verse movie will probably break a billion. Maybe, dude. Across the Spider Verse didn't even break like six hundred million. True, and it yeah. was phenomenal. So I'm like, I don't. Th- I think people are just like so weary about it now that they just won't even really yeah. give it a shot. I mean, hell, Oppenheimer almost made a billion dollars. It's those things that like stand. Yeah. Not the test of time, but withstand the cultural, like... They have a cultural impact. Exactly. They have a real yeah. cultural impact um, in a different way other than, like, holy shit, can you, did you see the stinger yeah, the all the flash? Like, yeah. no, who cares? It's played now. Um, so, no, what do you think? I feel like if you're looking at, like, the chart of billion-dollar movies, we've, like crested over the peak you know yeah. i'm sure there will still be them you know be especially as like inflation keeps going and things like that you know like sure um, but or you know when avatar 3 comes out yeah um <laughs> but like what has done it in the past isn't gonna do it anymore the superhero movies aren't gonna do it anymore i see so much conversation about how uh joker 2 is gonna be like a billion dollar movie i'm like no it's not i cannot see a world where that you know no and it's become this metric of like that's what a good movie is if it can break a billion dollars and if that's your metric then like every movie is a failure yeah scorsese should just wrap it up now yeah <laughs> throw in the well, towel I did. it's funny <laughs> you bring that up because i saw somebody arguing on threads the other day that was like Oh, the language that critics use is such garbage. You know, when, uh, what was it? When the Marvels only does 220 million, you know, it's, oh, yeah. uh, it's the biggest bomb of all time, but, uh, but when it was, killers it the was 197 million on a two, 220 budget, yeah. you know, it's the biggest bomb of all time. But when killers does 180 on a two, $200 million budget, it's like, a great show and th- it's right, like right it's like it's, it's guys, no guys we're not even comparing apples and oranges it's like apples yeah, and like a door it's like it's not even yeah. the same conversation it's like not even the same thing it's like dude one was made only to make money the other was made yeah. only because scorsese wanted to do it <laughs> yeah yeah um and that's the kind of thing that's the weird like there's a lot of people who came up in the era of billion dollar superhero franchises that that's the metric for success right and i don't think we're there anymore i don't think that's what the metric for success is anymore much to the chagrin of the major studios right i don't know it's weird because i feel like i want to my argument with this stuff always ends up being like just adjust your expectations to not make a billion dollars and you'll be fine and i'm like that's an insane thing to say to a corporation well, like. <laughs> but here's the thing. So you're totally right. That's an insane thing to say to a big corporation. But here's the thing. Apple and Amazon are here to destroy that entire premise because they don't care. Like they're the two because they're trillion dollar companies that don't yeah. specialize in movies and don't really care. Their whole thing is to build a catalog for the viewer. Now, mm-hmm. Amazon's a little bit different because they've been in the game longer, but for Apple, like their game is give good filmmakers money to 
make the best stuff they possibly can to put it on our service. So it's like, yeah. they're like one of the first studios to ever exist that isn't actually in the money-making business. They're in the money-losing business. They're like, give score, like, Killers of the Fire yes. Moon will be nominated for 15 Oscars. Like, that's great Well, for and that's the service. argument is, you know, is that the win for Apple and that is the, the, the statue? But I agree with what you're saying in terms of, like, they're in the catalog-making business kind of thing. Right. But... How many Apple TV shows can you name? Well, that's how many true. Apple TV originals can you name? They make a ton of them. They do. I was like looking through it the other day. They make so many shows that just never puncture the pop culture like bubble. It, you're right. But the ones I've seen, because I don't subscribe to Apple all the time. Yeah. These shows that I have seen that I've talked about on Tuned In, Hijack and Platonic and like, and you talked about Marnark. It's like. I've yeah. had nothing but good things to say about. And it's like, and it's given me the confidence to be like, whatever I click on will have some kind of level of quality to it. Now their catalog is not big. So, I mean, it it's getting bigger, but it's not huge. Like yeah. the Ted Lasso's of the world. Like there's so many good things on there. So yes, but like, you're I, right. you know, there's the ones, you know, that you're saying like Patonic and Ted Lasso and all that kind of stuff. But like, you know, For All Mankind is in its fourth season. Mm-hmm. There's that shrinking movie that has Harrison Ford in it. Yeah. Or not movie, uh, show. Show, yeah. You know, uh, Extrapolation, Criminal Record, like yeah. Drops of God, Tetris was on there. You know, yeah. and I keep singing the, the praises of Tetris, but I think you're the only other person I know <laughs> that's... <laughs> that's seen it. That's seen it, you know. Um, yes. So it's like they're throwing... Stuff is sticking to the wall. The big door prize. You remember that with fucking oh, what's yeah. his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, oh, that looks interesting. And I'd never heard anything about it before. Um, right, right. The crowded room, like, messy. There's so much that I'm just like, they're throwing a lot to the wall. And some of it's sticking. Ted Lasso stuck, you know, like, Silo kind of stuck, I feel like. Silo, you know, I The morning show is still going somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They got their Oscar with Coda, you know, but it's like. Compared to how much they're actually putting out, I feel like not as much as getting through. I completely agree with you, but hold on. So Apple TV Plus started officially in 2019. So it's been about four years. Yeah. Um, In four years, they won Best Picture. They have how many Emmy nominations from Ted Lasso. They're going to get mm-hmm. another Best Picture nomination out of Killers of the Flower Moon. Like in four years... Like that's and Netflix has been going for what almost fifteen years at this point with their level yeah. of streaming, and so like I totally un- agree with you on what you're saying, but I think that like there's a weird middle area right now yeah. where there are these companies like Amazon and Netflix and Apple who are just like willing to put up the money for certain things that doesn't have to be like. Like, no one was going to make Killers of the Flower Moon. There was just no way. It yeah. was never going to make any money. Like, there was no studio was going to touch that movie. So, like, in a way, there is this kind of, like, give and take right now. And yeah. I don't know if that's going to maintain or not, but, you know, A24 also is, like, you know, Bo is Afraid lost a ton of money. Like, I don't think they really yeah. care about stuff like that, but I don't really know why. Like, <laughs> you can't take too many losses before you're just not a company anymore. <laughs> Well, and yeah, and it's it's one of those, it's like, 
A24 notwithstanding, but a lot of these is yeah. like, you know, if you have one huge one, you can bankroll a bunch of smaller ones, you know, right. and that's right. like, no, you know, for every uh, Ted Lasso that you have, you know, the the draw from that is going to find is going to merit financing a bunch of other stuff. Sure. Um, yeah. I don't know what the answer is. I, just... I don't know what we're talking about anymore, <laughs> but like um, we, uh, we've gotten here from uh, the Marvels talking about office. the Marvels. Um, so I don't know. I feel like let's let's tie it, it tie up the the MCU talk real quick. Yeah. here was saying like. This is wild to say, but do you think we get to Secret Wars? Do you think they're just going to drag it across the finish line and just keep putting them out? I think they have to because for next year we have Deadpool 3, which undoubtedly mm-hmm. will make money. Mm-hmm. I've now seen basically every spoiler in the book because Twitter just feeds me like, here's this person holding this. And I'm like, yep. sick. Gr- glad I know that this all happens yep. now awesome um the fantastic four like those are the ones that we've been saying for the last year and a half those are the silver bullets fantastic four and x-men coming yeah. into the mcu is it enough i think it's enough for at least those movies to make money is it enough to get people interested in king dynasty <sighs> here's my thing is like i am not excited for fantastic four I know. I'm really I'm not. like, whatever. Like, <laughs> I'm really you know, not. You've tried four times now. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, oh, God. But yeah, I mean, that is like the thing that's like, it's going to keep building that stuff. I'm more curious if it can be like a thing where they can reexamine how they're making them. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's the, is the Marvels is built the same way Endgame was. Right. You know, almost the same budget. stars coming together. Like. You know, uh, all this stuff. And I'm like, let's like, let's make a tiny ass blade movie for like $10 million. Yes, please. You know, like, <sighs> like reexamine the business model. You know, we keep hearing, um, and we're talking too much about the MCU now, but okay. like we keep hearing, um, Bob Iger talk about, you know, focusing on quality over quantity, right. um, which is what they haven't been doing. And I'm like, I'm down for that rock and roll, but also like you don't need to spend $200 million on these. Exactly. Exactly. And if you spend $50 million on it, a, I'd be like, I want to see a $50 million MCU movie. What the fuck? Yes. Um, but be like, if it only makes a hundred grand, a hundred grand, hundred mil sick. So what rock and roll? Yeah. Keep going. Which I think is a 24's model. Like, yeah. Make a movie for 4 million. It makes eight. We're good. It's like, that's great. Played Check in like the a thousand theaters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nope, you're so. right. The bigger the budget, the more it has to make, which brings us right into our next and final segment here, which is TV shows that um, are somehow getting larger budgets yeah. than some of the biggest movies we've seen, uh, namely Rings of Power, which is Amazon's uh, acquisition of the Lord of the Rings property. Yep. We have Halo, which is Paramount Plus's acquisition of Halo of the Halo property. We have yep. Citadel, which is Amazon's other billion-dollar Russo brothers debacle. Um, Amazon's thing that they will demand is a billion-dollar franchise for years and years, and, and years. they will also demand that it is a success. People are like, yes. oh, "No, no, this this show is a success." All of these shows are expensive beyond anything I've ever seen before in my yes. life, and they're all bad. And 
Mm-hmm. They've all been renewed for season two, which is a question. And I'm just like, what is going on right now? Like, are these are these literally too expensive to fail? Like, can they not fa- can they not cancel these? <laughs> Who watched Rings of Power? I don't know anyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we've talked about this. That I'm like a massive Lord of the Rings fan, and I watched one episode. It was beautiful, and then I never went back. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, I don't... What is going on? I have a question in my head of like, is it that they're too expensive to fail? Like we're in so deep that the only thing we can do is dig down? Yeah. Um, Or is it, are we not seeing the big picture where, you know, Amazon from the beginning was like, we're going to pay for this huge thing and then we're going to do four seasons. No matter what. And they've got it planned out. It's like a whole thing. And like if the first season doesn't work, they're like, well, that was always a risk. But the second season will pull them in deeper, Mm -hmm. you know, or with Citadel, where Citadel is like, there's always the risk that the people wouldn't respond to the first one. But now we'll have the. I think it's in like Barcelona. Yeah. The next one or like, the you know, five other seasons that are. Yeah, spread in all across the globe. Companies, yeah all, yeah, all different countries, yeah. Like, maybe it's mapped out like that, but, but yeah, I mean, that's the same argument is, are these too big to just bail on? Right. You know, if they're not well-received? Right. And this is where the real, my head starts to hurt, is because these streamers have no problem canceling smaller shows that people yeah. actually watch. Like yeah. every day I find a new show that I'm like, this had one season or two seasons and it's been canceled. Yeah. And I know 15 people who loved it. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, how did a show that cost, I mean, we know that these shows in total cost around a billion dollars each. Like, yeah. Citadel was huge. Like where does a show that costs $1 million factor into any of this like how can you cancel like i a league of their own the re the reboot mm-hmm. a ton of people fucking watch that show it yeah, got canceled got two seasons right it got one re-renewed season? after the fact because it got one season right. they canceled it and then people were like what the fuck and they're like oh well fine we already greenlit a second season so let's continue this and it's those decisions that i'm like a show that people are gonna fucking watch dude and then you're going to make me watch Citadel, hate watch Citadel season two? <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm confused about what what the math is on any of this. And I'm just like. Well, I mean. Budgets, man. Just drop them. Arguably, we're having the same argument we I know. were just having with the Marvels of, you know, these huge things. I mean, I would say, especially in the TV realm, we've moved past that, like, golden age that people were always talking about. Oh, yeah. Wherein, like, I mean, you know, Breaking Bad, always the first reference, but like, you know, it went on and on through Game of Thrones, through all this like Mad Men, crazy big yeah. stuff. Mad Men, you know, um, I don't really know where where the tail end would have been considered. Um, it's arguable that it might be like Better Call Saul. Um, Probably. Yeah. Which would be a really clean, nice bookmark. I know. Um, I know. Or bookend. Um, but. Like that big budget stuff isn't what viewers are responding to anymore. Yeah. 
you know? So you get things like, um, I mean, these huge, I mean, any of the Marvel shows, you know, any of the, um, like Disney stuff, really any of the star Wars to bring it back all the way. Yeah. Like it's just so big. And so like pop culture that people are like, you know, that, I've lost my thread here, but like, you know, that okay. kind of stuff isn't paying off the same way it used to. Right. And we're being slow to respond to that. And we're knee deep in all of these properties already. Right. That we can't just like bail on because people aren't responding. A hundred percent. And they're trying to do, I mean, Rings of Power, Halo and Citadel are shows that they're trying to actively do that with. Like these are like, we are building a universe out from this one point and shows used to be like, let's do a pilot and see if it gets picked up. Oh great. They picked it up. Let's do a season and like hope that we get a second season. Not like let's, let's do, we're going to plan out six seasons and then we're going to figure this shit out. I mean, I'm sure they did that for some shows, but Breaking Bad didn't know they were getting a second season until they got Greenland for a second season. Well, that's an interesting concept that you're touching on there is a first season now just a pilot i think you it know, is like they have order we order a season <laughs> yeah have we moved past the pilot thing it's like well let's get a season and see how it goes and then if it has any kind of response whatsoever it's like well yeah let's do another season it's like well right. yeah let's order the series and see what what comes down the pipe right you know which i feel like that would interestingly enough kind of explain halo at least a hundred percent you know where you could say like yeah we'll do this kind of thing we'll see if people respond to it and if people do we'll go a little harder into it and we'll go a little bigger with it and we'll see you know if we can can elevate that yeah um i was i was at my in-laws the other day and a commercial uh, the the trailer for the second season of halo came on and yeah. somebody I don't know who it was but somebody in the other room was like they made a Halo TV show and I'm That's, like yeah like yeah like a year ago and it was huge um and like wicked expensive and I yeah. watched one episode of it and never went back but yeah um I'm not the biggest Halo person but like but that's you know I yeah. am and it sucked <laughs> <laughs> There you go um did you watch more than one episode though No I watched 3 and I was like it's okay. not getting better <laughs> Okay um I like that explanation, actually, yeah. that like yeah. we've foregone the pilot and just we'll give you a season. If it does all right, we'll give you another season. Yeah, it's the Netflix model. I mean, it's kind of what things yeah. are now, I think. But I don't know. And that's a whole other question and a whole other conversation about like how does production even work anymore? Because mm. if you're getting a first season greenlit off of a concept, like I'm not even sure like what happens in the boardroom yeah. now, like how do you get something made or is it just made and you try and sell well, it? I mean, and I think this is the kind of thing that we're, we're this, um, the season as a pilot mentality yeah. is around properties. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, we're not getting that for, um, some small nothing TV show. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, like yeah. even the ones that aren't like major properties have, stars attached right you know i think of like the morning show or something like that which that's a bad example but i think well, of i still have apple open in front of me here yeah yeah um, <laughs> the morning show was just apple's opening salvo of like here's 
you know, Jennifer Anderson, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell, and yeah. there's another one in there. In a TV um, show, yeah. Here we in go. a TV show, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you look at like Slow Horses, which is like, yeah, you know, that kind of smaller thing, but has Gary Ullman. And they're like, right. well, Gary Ullman. Or um, Shrinking, which has Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. Like, right. bankable names involved if you don't know the story, if you don't know the property. Right, um, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I the the first season as pilot concept comforts me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like because then it's less chaotic of just like we make all these things and then cancel them because we don't care. Right. You no, know, exactly. it's like if there's a mentality around it, like, okay, I could buy. Yeah. You know, we're just gonna spend a hundred million dollars to to make this stuff or to go back to my previous like Citadel is like here's the Russo brothers doing whatever they want they're huge bankable people right you know? right and that's the whole thing of like I think these companies and we can kind of leave it in a, in a minute here but like I think these companies are getting way too confident and way too comfortable with what they're doing right now. And by that, I mean like they're saying like this person will bring in X amount of names or subscriptions or whatever you have, or this property is no doubt going to get like garner a massive audience. And that's just like, we need to go back to the days where like, let's see if the walking dead does well, if it does, it gets 14 seasons. If it doesn't, it's over in the first season, you know, Uh, in four spinoffs. Exactly. And now I'm like, man, these companies, these, these, these executives are so comfortable being like, yeah, hand the keys to the castle over to the Russo bros. Like they, they know everything about what they're doing and yeah. And now we're, we're sitting here going like Citadel (laughs) genuinely one of the worst shows I've ever seen. Um, but Season two coming down the pipeline. And this also kind of translates to movies too, because, you know, they spent four hundred, five hundred million dollars on the rights to the Exorcist. And mm-hmm. Exorcist Believer absolutely bombed and was a bad movie. Yeah. What are they gonna do? They're gonna do two more. They They're can't not do one. it. Yeah. You know? So Well, and there are properties where the fir- you know, they make one and it sucks, and then they make another one and people are like, Oh shit, that's crazy. Yeah. It happens. It's not right. unheard of. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, <laughs> that's all I've got. Yeah, there it goes. I don't <laughs> I know. Nothing else. I found some uh, comfort comfort in that, but it's it's yeah, it's um. I mean, we say it all the time. We're in a shift in the industry. Like, yes, audiences do not want what they wanted. I'll say pre-COVID. Right. You know. Well. I guess I'll say this, and studios just need to understand that you don't need $300 million to make anything. Yeah. Not not a single movie ever. Maybe Avatar, and that's about mm-hmm. it. Well, it, it it's... I'll, I'll throw this out there in that, like, you know, you're saying you don't need $200 million to make anything, and, like, I feel like yearly we break the record of the most amount of money spent on a movie. I remember yeah, it was, like, 2008 when I am legend was the most expensive movie ever made. And the budget on that was like $110 million. Yeah, dude. And people were like flipping out that they broke a hundred million dollars to make a movie. And that was like a decade ago, a decade and a half ago. You know what I mean? And now we're up at like, we're punching the ceiling on $300 million for a movie. And like, or more. Yeah. 
and more. And and I don't want to say like where's it going, you know what I mean? But like where's the two hundred million dollars in Miss Marvel or in the Marvels? Where? Where? I'm sure it's there. I don't think there's, you know, it's not the 70s where there's like 100 million set aside for Coke or something like that. But Sure. Like, but like Shin Godzilla or a Godzilla of minus one was made for like 25 mil. Yeah. I, I, and and like has, I mean, I haven't, again, I haven't seen like either of those movies, but like arguably has better CG, has inarguably better character. Like it's just, yeah. It's, where's it going? Well, that's what I'm, yeah. Godzilla minus one has better cgi than endgame did in any scene like any like no matter what and so it's like where where is it going and why is it necessary like i get the marketing budgets inflate i get these stars get a lot of money but stop that don't pay someone 15 million dollars to be in a movie i I just yeah it's weird i don't know i'm getting off the i'm getting off the thread now but um it's too expensive that's my main point it's all too expensive it doesn't need to be I know how shit's made. <laughs> well, that's I'm like I I would love to see like a budget breakdown of like any of these movies, you know? Yeah. Cuz I'm sure there are expensive like I again, I don't think they're like wasting their money on stuff, but like it's not translating. No. And so if it's not translating, the answer is not throw more money at it. Right. <laughs> you know. No. The answer is not more money here. Yeah. Which is, I think, tough for studio executives. Yeah, when they're like, money's oh, supposed to solve everything. Right, we can give you another $400 million and, like, suddenly you become a good writer? <laughs> yeah. Give you another $400 million, get a uh, a good performance out of uh, Sabine there. Yeah. Oh, God, I don't even... I was thinking about that the other day, and I was like, that's why I didn't connect with her, because she's a really bad actress. She's bad? <laughs> like, Bummer. I was watching something, and I was like, wow, this is, like bad acting and i was like this is a lot like what sabine was in, right right in okay. oh god jesus oh god well there you have it folks that was a lot of talk about budgets a lot of talk about uh you know new management a lot of talk about disney pretty much across the board here yeah um and where we might be headed for the foreseeable future with a lot of these places yeah. because and i think we changing. have to talk about disney because Disney, at least in the pop culture realm, kind of leads the back on all of this. Totally. 100%. Say what you will about, you know, the DCU or Paramount or what other ever other genre you want to get into or other property you want to get into. But Disney leads the back on that kind of stuff. Deepest pockets and most yeah. properties to to do something with. Well, we won't say deepest pockets, but like, yeah, most ah, properties true. for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely not the deepest pockets, not anymore. Um, but yeah, so there you have it for this week, folks. We're into December. So, uh, God, yeah, our end of the year show is coming up very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and we may or may not do something a little different for that. We'll see. Yes. We'll let, we'll let we'll you see. know. Um, do you want to do some recommendations here? Yeah. Um, so our prompt uh, this week was a uh, a film based on, was it a book? Literature. Just, book? Just Literature, adapted from something. Literature? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to go with like what might seem like an obvious choice, might not be, but like mm. um, I also uh, 
love this movie and I can't believe we haven't recommended it before. But I'm going to go with 10 Things I Hate About You. Okay, good. I was like, oh, he might do mine. That is also a phenomenal movie. But. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You, based on uh, Taming of the Shrew by mm-hmm. William Shakespeare. Um, I feel like there's probably like two iterations between Taming of the Shrew and Ten Things I Hate About You. It was probably I based on so. a movie that was based on Ten Things I Hate, or based on Taming of the Shrew. But, I think you're right. Um, I mean, you know, fucking classic Heath Ledger, Julie Stiles. I, you, I, it's hard for me to name a more classic like high school rom com. Yeah, not rom com, but like you know what I mean. That's like coming of age rom com. Um, and it was like right when I was coming into high school and all that kind of thing. Um, what what that's else? All can I got. You say? I mean, ten things I hate about <laughs> you. It's cla- It's like it's classic cinema. Yeah. It's like so much a quintessential moment of its time. Yeah. Um. Yes much as taming of the shrew was sure (laughs) back in its day yes (laughs) a phenomenal film uh one that i need to rewatch immediately because i haven't seen it in years yeah that's great the (laughs) julia styles dancing on the table was like the hottest thing yeah (laughs) when i was you know i would have been what 13 yeah that movie came out yeah that's like holy shit that's a pivotal moment in your childhood i love it oh that's a great one um, mine is, uh, based off of a piece of literature that's a little bit more contemporary than that. Uh, yeah. mine is a movie that I can't believe that we haven't recommended and now I'm not a hundred percent sure if we haven't or not, but I'm still going to do it. Uh, Yellow. it's stand by me, the Rob Reiner film adapted from Stephen King's oh, novel stand by yes. me, um, starring river Phoenix, Will Wheaton, Corey Feldman, Jerry O'Connell, um, Kiefer Sutherland is up in the mix there and is mm-hmm. just like a really great. For me, like a quintessential like adolescence film, and yeah, ki- that gave Stephen King a new light for me because obviously he's very much the horror writer. And Stand mm-hmm. by Me has horror elements, but it's really just a story about a bunch of kids learning about each other and going on an yeah. adventure to discover a dead body. And it's wonderful. It's touching. It's charming. You, all of these actors are interesting in their own way and to follow their Mm. each of their like trajectories as they go through life has been really interesting r.i.p to river phoenix obviously um but i mean what can we say about stand by me it's it's just to me it's like a a true five-star movie um it's sincere and heartfelt and i think rob reiner is kind of the perfect person to tell this kind of story because he gets that and rob reiner i mean he's just like I don't get his run. He just is just classic after classic after classic. It's it's really like <laughs> he does not get the credit that he deserves for just like, like all of the insane. And it's like not even like the same kind of thing. No. Over, like a Fincher movie is a Fincher movie. A yeah. Rob Reiner movie could be anything. Right. Like what is his. what, what Like could, Princess Bride and Misery are yeah. directed by the same guy. Yeah. It's ins- when Harry met Sally and a few good men. Like. Yeah. And this is Spinal Tap. Like, what the hell are we talking about right now? It's yeah. insane. Um, but yeah, Stand By Me, it's streaming right now on Netflix and probably Max. Uh, it's it's just a it's just a great movie. Just a great watch. An hour, 29 minutes. Um, and yeah. I might have to revisit that one soon. Yeah. That seems like one I should like. I don't think I've watched that since I, like I was, like I will say on, uh, tuned in on Sunday. Like, I don't think I've revisited that since i've been like 
like a full on film person. You yeah, know? yeah. I've yeah. never looked at it with a critical eye. Same here. Same here. So it's like, ooh, what do I what do I think of this now, having some some separation and a little bit more knowledge and experience. Hmm. But um yeah, two really good films. This might make an interesting double feature, although a little different. I feel like that would be a pretty good <laughs> double feature, honestly. It's like a lot yeah. of the same kind of coming of age themes. Totally. Of. Yeah. Um, I feel like you'd have to watch Stand By Me first. Probably. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nice. And there we go. Well, that'll do it. Yeah. Let's yeah. uh, let's bring it home. We only got a couple more episodes left in the year. Yeah. Um, one of those will be uh, our top of the year or mm-hmm. an examination of our top films of the year. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's bring it home. Josh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, people can find me on the internet at both Instagram and Letterboxd at Josh J. Fuller. And where can people find you on the internet, Willis? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at Willis Film. And if you want to find the podcast, you can find us on Instagram and Letterboxd at Pixel Splitters, also on pixelsplitters.com, where you can mm-hmm. find all of our recommendations, including Stand By Me and 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Just some real class, American classics right there. Look at it that. Is. <laughs> Look at that. I feel like I ha- I am compelled to mention Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, mm. from 10 Things I Hate About You because I said Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles and then did mention Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who is like the main character in that movie. Yes, but, you um, know, <laughs> Heath, what can we say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's great. Um, yeah. There we go. All right, well, um, I don't have anything else to say. Yeah, me neither. End of pod? <laughs>